It's time for Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Todd Marquardt, attorney at law in Texas. If you're a millionaire or a thousandaire, Talk Law Radio is now on the air. Call in with your business law question, your elder law question. Veteran aid, Medicaid, build a business to get paid. 210-308-8867. Or ask a question online at marquardlawfirm.com. That's M-A-R-Q-U-A-R-D-T, lawfirm.com. And now, it's Talk Law Radio with Todd Marquardt. Welcome to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, Apple Podcasts, and TalkLawRadio.com. You can interact with me on Facebook, Twitter, at TalkLawRadio1, or you can find my Instagram. Not sure how to do that, but... Just search Todd A. Marquardt, or you can find me on LinkedIn. If you want to ask questions or post comments, please feel free to do so. In fact, you can email me questions, and I might use those questions to form a new topic or a new show. Email me at host at talklawradio.com. That's H-O-S-T at TalkLawRadio.com. The State Bar of Texas is the state agency that governs attorney law licenses, and the State Bar wants attorneys to inform the public about the law, but because legal circumstances must be tailored to the specific circumstances of each case, and because laws are ever-changing, material discussed in this program is meant for general informational purposes only, and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information you hear today should be relied upon only when coordinated with your individual professional advice. Marquardt Law Firm sponsors our show, and attorneys at Marquardt Law Firm focus on business and estate law, including last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans. New businesses and old businesses, which might have issues with real estate, corporations, tax, contracts, limited liability companies, family limited partnerships, and we can represent those who are facing problems from lack of planning, like in lawsuits, guardianships, probates, real estate, breach of contract, demand letters, and personal injury. Check out our blog at marquartlawfirm.com to read about searching for a lost will or planning a vacation. Before we get started talking about the law, let's begin with prayer. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for all the gifts and blessings that you give to us. Thank you for giving me and allowing me the opportunity to talk about the law on the radio. Please forgive us for our sins, our mistakes, for doing the wrong thing and failing to do your will. Please help me to give good information to the listeners today about Power of Attorney Law, Part 2. Help us to use the gifts and talents you have provided for the good of your people, for our own good, and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Now it's time to discover your legal issue blind spots 
by listening to me talk about the law on the radio. Today we're talking about power of attorney law, part two, talking about Texas law and some changes that were made in 2017. Why am I talking about changes that were made in 2017 when we're in 2021? Well, the reason is because I still continue to see defective power of attorneys in my law office. And so I'm, I'm doing a service, sharing information with the public so that you can have best legal service that you can find. Now, you still need to find a competent attorney to advise you about these things, which brings me to my next question. Why do I need an attorney when I can find these forms at Office Depot and online? Well, the answer is because uh, no big box store and no online company will give you legal advice that's tailored to your specific circumstances. They're not having a conversation with you at all. Attorneys are hired to explain the nature and consequence of laws. If you have signed an online legal form, think about whether you understood what you signed. Your understanding may only be scratching the surface of the rippling effect of the consequences for your signing that document. So... Find an attorney that focuses on business and estate law and ask them if they will review your power of attorney and then go in and talk about it. So we're going to be talking about those changes and forgive me if I overlap on some things. Um, If I say something twice, it's probably twice as important. So bear with me and take notes. Okay, so yesterday, or last week, (laughs) we talked about what a power of attorney is. Let me just run through some problems. I may have mentioned some of these problems last time, but there may be new problems on this list. So we talked about what a power of attorney is. Uh, Lawyers prepare a durable power of attorney uh, for you to sign so that you have someone you name to act for you and manage your money if you become disabled. The purpose is to help you preserve your privacy, avoid the expenses and delays that could happen in a guardianship proceeding. If you have no power of attorney and you lose the capacity to make your own legal and financial decisions, and someone who's taking care of you, a family member probably or a friend, needs authority to write checks, to pay your bills, to sign your name on contracts. And you can do a durable power of attorney to give that person the authority that's needed. Or you can have a judge appoint somebody to be your legal guardian. Now, we think of guardians for minor children, but in this circumstance, a guardian can also be appointed for somebody who is incapacitated because of a medical or health care condition. Some of the problems are misuse. I mentioned last time that some attorneys call the power of attorney a license to steal. Well, that's misuse. It happens when uh, the other person that has been appointed as agent to handle assets and property without limitation 
uses it like a blank check. Maybe they take money out of your account. Maybe they buy things for themselves when they should really be buying it for you. Problem number two is some people won't accept it. They'll refuse to accept the power of attorney because of these problems, maybe because they've gotten sued. Usually this is a bank, a financial institution, or a real estate title company. I'll talk about how the Texas law changes in 2017 improve this process of getting acceptance of your power of attorney. We just don't want it to lead to litigation. But in the past, uh, it had been refused by banks and financial institutions. So there are other ways of arranging your affairs and your estate to give somebody authority to make decisions. Number one is using a business entity like a LLC or family limited partnership. Number two would be using a trust, an irrevocable trust, one that cannot be changed, or a revocable trust, one that can be amended and changed. Number Problem number three is a power of attorney is really like a permission slip. It gives somebody authority to do things, but it's up to them to decide what to do. So I see a lot of people in my office, they bring in their power of attorney, pretend this is their document. They say, I'm power of attorney. Now, what do I do next? They have no clue. There are other things that a lawyer can do, can set up for you, that gives your successor instructions about what to do. I call that the take care of clause, and usually I put it in a trust. Number four is power of attorney is not foolproof. It may not completely avoid a guardianship. We'll talk about some of those problems as we go. Um, Just to give you a glimpse is sometimes two people will each have a power of attorney dated on separate occasions. They're both trying to use it at the same bank. Well, banks don't want to be the the judge. They don't want to decide which power of attorney is valid and which one's not uh, because then they're going to be dragged into a lawsuit. And so they'll just say, well, I'm not going to honor either one of them. Another problem that sometimes leads to guardianship, which supersedes the power of attorney because it's uh, court-ordered, is when you have uh, competing power of attorneys where Uh, They fight about whether the other one is stealing money. You might have one power of attorney that's buying things for the principal, and then the other power of attorney is doing the same thing, but because they're not communicating well, they they accuse each other of stealing. They both get attorneys. Uh, They both uh, file lawsuits, and then you just have to, to fight about it. Um, that's when, you know, the power of attorney breaks down. Number five, the power of attorney is not effective after death. In fact, some banks will call the principal and ask them if they're still alive or if the principal is in assisted living, memory care, or nursing home, 
they'll ask the the head nurse or the administrator is the principal still alive because the power of attorney is only effective during life okay all that makes sense right there are some problems with power of attorney um, but that doesn't mean we're not going to do it we have to do something and we try and take steps to make sure that there's not going to be any problems but nothing's foolproof Um, while we live here on this earth there are some things that are going to go wrong and we may have to adapt I have some clients that will hire an attorney at my my law firm to serve as general counsel to help the agent under power of attorney make good decisions make sure they account for how all the money is spent and to make sure that they're following their fiduciary duty so if you have questions about power of attorney and the power of attorney is valid maybe contact an attorney anyway we have to take a short break we'll be right back longer able to care for yourself or your home. Without powers of attorney, your loved ones will be forced to the world of court battles and guardianship lawsuit to declare you to be incapacitated. Better yet, ask about a living trust containing your instructions about where you want to live, how you want to be taken care of if you have a heart attack, stroke, or develop Alzheimer's or dementia. Call Marquardt Law Firm and find out how a living trust can help your loved ones settle your affairs without a judge in court. Call 210-530-4278. That's 210-530-4278. Welcome back. I'm Todd Marquardt. We're on TalkWall Radio on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, Apple Podcast, or TalkLawRadio.com. We're talking about power of attorney in Texas, part two, talking about changes that happened in 2017. Yes, I realize this is 2021. I'm still seeing uh, power of attorney documents that are old. And so I'm giving updates just in case you find reason enough to update power of attorney. Contact an estate planning attorney, an attorney that focuses on last wills, living trusts, and tax-protected inheritance plans, and ask about power of attorney. If you don't have a power of attorney, I suggest everyone over the age of 18 have a power of attorney because... Sometimes tragedy strikes even young people. I would recommend power of attorney if you drive on 1604, I-35, I-10, or 410, because I hear about accidents on the roadway, and that's one of the leading causes of incapacity is injury and brain injury. And if it doesn't lead to death, it may lead to incapacity. So we'll move on. There have been changes over the years. In 1993, Texas passed the Durable Power of Attorney Act. Uh, There were updates in the law in 1997, 2001, 2013, and then most recently 2017. One of the changes is mandatory acceptance of a valid durable power of attorney. The key word there is valid. 
Some people bring in documents that are not valid, even though they say power of attorney on the top. And some of them are homemade. Some of them are store-bought and defectively executed. So it would help to find a competent attorney to advise you on what does it mean to have a power of attorney, what are the rights and responsibilities of the principal granting the power, and the rights and responsibilities of the agent who is exercising the power, and also to make sure that the legal document is valid and is executed correctly. It is supposed to be accepted by financial institutions, banks, and real estate title companies in Texas. Uh, unless one or more grounds exist where the, the statute allows uh, the financial institution to refuse to honor the power of attorney. So we'll go through a whole list of times when a bank is allowed to refuse, um, but acceptance means that the financial institution will honor the instructions by the agent acting on behalf of the principal. One thing that the, the bank is allowed to do is ask for the agent to sign a certificate that is like a sworn statement that says that the agent believes the principal is incapacitated because of a medical condition and that the agent has authority to uh, exercise these rights and duties under the document. Or the agent can get an opinion from an attorney. I've written these before. It's, it's like a letter to the bank that says all those same things, except it's an attorney stating their opinion about it. If the bank or title company asks for the certificate or opinion letter, they must accept the power of attorney within seven days of receiving one of those things, unless they have a ground for refusal. We'll talk about those. If you don't present the certificate or opinion letter within 10 days, then the bank or title company does not have to accept the, the power of attorney. They don't have to act under it. They don't have to honor the wishes. And each financial institution, each title company, each mortgage company, they all have their own policies and procedures about steps that they take to honor a power of attorney. They may have to contact their attorney who might be in New York City or New Jersey or Delaware or California or Dallas or Houston or even in San Antonio. Uh, I won't say who it is, but I used to have an account at a credit union, and uh, I had a client one time that had an, well, they were acting on behalf of the principal that had an account at that same credit union. And this was years ago, before 2017, uh, before this mandatory acceptance law. And the the credit union would not follow the agent's request to they wouldn't honor the power of attorney, and they wouldn't allow me to communicate with their general counsel. And so it was just like a, a hard roadblock 
no, we don't accept power of attorney for anybody. And that was just totally unreasonable. And so I moved my accounts. I don't do business with those people anymore. Anyway, more about power of attorney in Texas. By the way, we're on Talk Law Radio, 930 AM, The Answer. I'm Todd Marquardt, talking about durable power of attorney changes in Texas from the uh, 2017 legislative session. Okay, so if a bank or financial institution or real estate title company decides that, yes, they are going to follow the agent's instructions, there's a statute that says they can rely on the document. Under Section 751.209 of the Texas Estates Code, it says they can, uh, with good faith reliance, uh, rely on that durable power of attorney. If a bank, financial institution, or real estate title company does not honor the power of attorney, even though you've tendered the certificate or the attorney opinion letter, um, there might be a cause of action for refusal to accept the power of attorney. There are some circumstances um, when the, the court will issue an order, and what they might, what the court will either do is order that the bank or financial institution honor the the power of attorney, or they'll or they'll say no. the The financial institution was correct in their refusal. Attorneys' fees can be awarded also, but it's permissible, not mandatory. So, if you sue a bank and you lose, you probably won't get your attorney's fees for that. And it's all facts and circumstances based, so you'll definitely want to talk to an attorney to find out if you have a good case. There are also uh, ways for you to file um, an action just to construe the document, which means interpret it, to find out if it's valid, you can file a lawsuit for that. We'll talk more about that later. For now, uh, let's talk about some of the grounds for refusing to honor a power of attorney. So these are reasons that the, the bank, financial institution, real estate title company can give for refusing to honor the power of attorney. Number one is if the third-party bank or title company would not otherwise be required to engage in a transaction with the principal. The principal is the person who signs the power of attorney. The agent is the person that's going to carry out the principal's wishes after incapacity. So imagine that the agent is trying to open up a new bank account where the principal had no pre-existing relationship. Well, the new bank would not be required to open a new account because they had no relationship with the principal, and there's no law that forces banks to do business with people. They have policies and procedures when they say, yes, this would be a good account, or no, it would not be a, a good account. And uh, we'd have to get a banker on the show to talk about what those reasons might be. If you know a banker 
that would have enough courage to be on the radio and on Facebook Live, please email me at host at talklawradio.com. If you're a banker, email me because I would like to have you on my show and we can talk about some of your policies and procedures. I know you have to step out on a limb to do that, but hey, it would be fun. So we're talking about circumstances, reasons when a bank can refuse to honor a power of attorney. Number two, the third party uh, engaging with the agent says, I can't help you because that would, the, the type of help that you're requesting would be uh, against the law or it would be inconsistent with uh, instructions we've received from law enforcement. That makes total sense. If law enforcement's involved, you're probably going to have to get the court involved anyway. Might have to file a guardianship. To, to supersede all of this because there's probably some problem elsewhere in the family or with the uh, management of the assets or in the decision making that's going on. In that same reason, and engaging in the transaction would be against the law or it might be uh, because somebody has filed or submitted uh, reasons that there is suspicious activity or that the one of the parties has a criminal history. All of these make sense, right, for a bank or financial institution to refuse to honor the power of attorney. Got to take a break. Be right back. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt. We're on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, or you're listening on Apple Podcast or on TalkLawRadio.com. have all my previous episodes from the last two years on TalkLawRadio.com. If you're interested in learning about everything from estate planning to NASCAR to immigration to Power of Attorney Law, you can find it on TalkLawRadio.com. Of course, you can also listen on Apple Podcasts. Today we're talking about Power of Attorney Law Part 2. There were changes made in 2017 by the Texas legislature. This is state law stuff, not federal law. So I'm just updating everybody because I still see a lot of old Power of Attorney documents I see a lot of power of attorney documents that are store-bought or uh, found online or just handcrafted, and those are dangerous. So you might want to visit with an attorney to review the power of attorney that you have or to discuss reasons why you might benefit from a power of attorney. Okay, back to the list of reasons that a financial institution is allowed to refuse to honor your power of attorney. I mentioned suspicious activity or criminal history. That was actually under reason number three that a financial institution can refuse uh, power of attorney. Also under number three is uh, a bank would not 
be required to honor a power of attorney. If the agent had unsatisfactory business relations with that bank. So let's say um, the agent has always been overdrawn at that financial institution or they defaulted on that bank's credit card. Well, the financial institution in those circumstances probably would not be uh, required to honor the power of attorney just because they don't want to deal with that agent. Number four is if the financial institution has actual knowledge that the power of attorney has been terminated. That makes perfect sense. Maybe they received a letter that the power of attorney was terminated. So the power of attorney is a revocable document. You can take it back. You can destroy it. You can execute a new power of attorney that says, I revoke my previous power of attorney. But you also have to inform everybody that you may have given copies to. So if you brought a power of attorney to the bank, you change your mind, you want a different agent, then you need to go back to that bank and tell them that you have a new power of attorney that you revoked the old one. Okay, number five is the agent refuses to comply with the request for certification or the opinion letter from the attorney. We discussed that already. Number six, the bank says, we believe in good faith that the power of attorney is not valid. Remember I mentioned that I've seen power of attorney documents that are not valid, and they do exist uh, through no fault of Uh, the person signing it. Um, Maybe they had a family member that just pushed that paper in front of them and said, hey, this is a power of attorney. You need it. Uh, It gives me authority to do your business. Sign it in front of a notary. It may not be signed in the right place. It may not even be a real power of attorney. So that's when a bank is not obligated to follow it if it's not valid. Um, maybe the agent hasn't been doing a good job. Maybe they've been making mistakes. Well, that falls under that suspicious activity. Number seven, reason for a bank not honoring a power of attorney, is uh, there's a judicial proceeding involved. Another person has filed a lawsuit regarding the power of attorney, and the bank has knowledge of this. And even if that's an ongoing lawsuit where a judge hasn't decided whether it's valid or not, it's still reason enough for the bank not to follow it because it might be found to have been invalid. Number eight is a judicial proceeding where, yes, a judge has issued an order that says the power of attorney is invalid. So reasons number seven and eight are very similar, but, you know, there's a distinction there, so they're different reasons. Number nine is the bank has reason to believe that a report has been submitted to law enforcement or to Adult Protective Services that uh, the agent is, is suspected of 
um, financial exploitation of the elderly or a disabled person. Number 10 is conflicting instructions from co-agents. So we talked about that already. If you have, you're allowed to name two people to do the same job as co-agents under power of attorney. I don't recommend that uh, because when you have two people that disagree, who's the tiebreaker? A judge. (laughs) You don't want the judge to be involved because that's expensive litigation uh, that ruins everybody's day. Okay. So those are some reasons when the the power of attorney is not going to be honored and the bank or financial institution has legitimate reasons for refusing to honor it. A person who refuses to accept a power of attorney uh, shall provide to the agent presenting the power of attorney a written statement advising the agent of the reason or reasons the person is refusing to accept. That makes a lot of sense. The reason that the legislature had to put that into the law is because what I talked about before when uh, a specific credit union, of course, this was a habit of a lot of different financial institutions, uh, refused to honor the power of attorney, but they wouldn't say why. And so there was really no remedy. Now there is. They have to provide a reason. Okay, so those are specific reasons when a financial institution can refuse to honor the power of attorney. Some other changes in the 2017 law were to the suggested format of a durable power of attorney. Uh, The legislature added uh, a warning. Um, They changed some of the terminology. Instead of saying attorney in fact, it, it just uses the term agent. That's the person acting on behalf of the principal to get things done for the principal. Another thing that was added is the power to access digital assets. What are digital assets? Digital assets are defined in the Texas Estates Code as an electronic record in which an individual has a right or interest. Well, what does that mean? It could be an online account that you own or any file that you store on your computer or any file that you store on the Internet or in the cloud. It could be email accounts, pictures, video storage sites, social networking sites, domain names, games, professional website, backup websites. So if you have digital assets, you you probably need to update your power of attorney if your power of attorney is older than 2017, because prior to 2017, those power of attorney documents don't give the agent authority to deal with your digital assets. Okay, some other changes to the format of the durable power of attorney after 2017 is permitting the principal to choose to permit or deny agent compensation. Do you want to pay your agent like they're your financial secretary, or is this something that you expect them to volunteer for? Lots of clients that agonize over this decision. It's really not the most important point in giving somebody permission to act on your behalf. 
in my mind, the most important thing is to name somebody you trust. If you missed part one of Power of Attorney Law in Texas, go back and listen or watch that episode because I harp on trust a lot. Now, I'm just mentioning it again because we're talking about the format of the document. Another change to the format is there's a, a line where you can permit agents to, to serve together as co-agents, and then you can choose whether the agents will act independently on their own, maybe even without communicating with each other, or you can require that the agents act jointly, meaning they both have to sign everything. Um, be cautious with that because I know there's one credit union in town where they've told me not to send uh, clients there if they are co-agents or co-trustees or co-anything. They just don't want to do it. Okay, that's some changes to the format of the form that the Texas legislature has blessed. Some other changes that you might need to know about are what attorneys call the hot powers. Now, what we've been talking about so far is a simple power of attorney, which I say is the minimum standard of care. If you're over the age of 18, you have to have a power of attorney. Uh, if it's valid and follows all the, the statutory requirements, I'd say that's the minimum standard of care. If you go to an attorney... Uh, for estate planning purposes, and they don't include a durable power of attorney, I would say that's not according to the minimum standard of care. So the simple power of attorney that, that does have the minimum standard of care uh, does not have these hot powers. What do I mean by hot powers? What makes powers hot? Well, think about other things that are hot. I say that if it's, if it's hot, it's useful, but there's a risk of danger. Uh, if you think about um, hot water, well, you can use boiling water to cook an egg. That's useful, but if you spill that boiling water on yourself, you're going to get burned. You may even have blisters or permanent damage. We'll talk more about hot powers after the break. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. What if you are no longer able to care for yourself or your home? Without powers of attorney, your loved ones will be forced to the world of court battles and guardianship lawsuit to declare you to be incapacitated. Better yet, ask about a living trust containing your instructions about where you want to live, how you want to be taken care of, if you have a heart attack, stroke, or develop Alzheimer's or dementia. Call Marquardt Law Firm and find out how a living trust can help your loved ones settle your affairs without a judge in court. Call 210-530-4278. That's 210-530-4278. Welcome back to Talk Law Radio. I'm Todd Marquardt. We're on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, or you're listening on Apple Podcasts or TalkLawRadio.com, talking about Power of Attorney Part 2. Part 1 was last week. 
Um, this is part two, talking about changes that the Texas legislature made in 2017. And the reason I'm talking about that all these years after the changes were made is because I'm still seeing in my own law practice lots of people that have old power of attorney. Now, nobody wants to pay for the same thing over and over again, but we do that in all aspects of our lives. We will buy a new car when there's a new model. We'll buy a new iPhone when there's a new model, when there's improvements made. Even if it's just improvements to the camera, I know that people will buy a new iPhone. So there are improvements to the durable power of attorney law after 2017. There were improvements to the, the form that the state legislature has blessed. And there are some things that uh, attorneys can do to improve the items that your agent has authority to take care of. And some of these are hot powers, which I described before the break as being like hot water you use to boil an egg. Well, it can be useful and it can be, there could be a risk of danger. Okay, hot powers are are all going to be limited by the agent's uh, duty to preserve the principal's estate plan. Now, an estate plan is more than just a will. It, it includes uh, making sure that there's beneficiaries designated on bank accounts, retirement accounts, life insurance. It in, could include a last will and a living trust. It's everything that happens after you pass away. That's an estate plan. There are limitations um, creating a property interest in the agent. So if the agent takes money out of your account, puts it in his or her own account, there's limitations there unless uh, the agent is an ancestor, spouse, or descendant. If you have questions about that, contact your attorney. Some of the hot powers are, number one, create, amend, revoke, or terminate an inter vivos trust. I mentioned this last time, just saying it again because it's on the list. Number two, make a gift. We talked about gifts last time, too, in, in great detail, so listen to that episode. Number three, create or change a beneficiary designation or create or change rights of survivorship. And then number five, delegate authority granted under the power of attorney. The gift authority can be given to a trust, could be given to Uniform Transfers to Minor Act, could be given to a qualified tuition program, or like a 529 account. It could be limited to the federal, federal gift tax exclusion uh, which annually is $15,000 per person. And it gifts are limited to the estate planning uh, objectives of the principal. Uh, they have to be consistent and or uh, consistent with the principal's best interest. Talked about the duty to preserve the estate plan, some of the relevant factors that the agent would consider as the value and nature of the principal's property, the principal's foreseeable obligations, financial obligations, and need for maintenance. 
to pay current bills for health, education, maintenance, and support. Minimizing taxes, including income taxes, estate taxes, generation skipping transfer taxes, and gift taxes. And or eligibility for a benefit, a program, or assistance under a statute or regulation. That's a fancy way of saying qualifying for nursing home Medicaid or a veteran's pension if uh, if the principal was a veteran in a period of war or suffered some kind of uh, disability afterwards. Talked about that banks, financial institutions, and real estate title companies are required to accept the durable power of attorney. There is a new provision in the statute that allows the principal to give authority to the agent to name a successor agent. That was unheard of until 2017. We talked about compensation and reimbursement. Okay, the new statute gives certain people authority to petition the court to ask questions and get court orders to clarify things or to render judgment on whether the power of attorney is valid and enforceable. And in some circumstances, some people are allowed to petition the court to review the agent's conduct. So who may petition the court? The principal, the person that signed the document, the agent, a guardian appointed by the court, or a beneficiary named in some will or trust or or other evidence that says that the beneficiary is going to receive some property, some benefit, or some contractual right on the principal's death. A regulatory governmental agency can file a, a lawsuit or a person who demonstrates sufficient interest in the principal's welfare or estate, or a third party asked to accept a power of attorney, like a bank or financial institution, can ask a court to construe the power of the power of attorney or determine its validity or enforceability. I say construe would be interpret what it means. And the principal, the person that signed the power of attorney, can always end this lawsuit if they have capacity. If they lose capacity because of heart attack, stroke, Alzheimer's, or dementia, then, of course, they can't file a lawsuit for that. Who could remove the agent? If the agent's doing a bad job, or worse, stealing from the principal, who could remove that agent? a successor agent. I like to name three. You could name more and until the cows come home. You could name everybody that you know. Or a person interested in a guardianship proceeding. So if you file a petition for guardianship, then you might have standing to also ask for the removal of the agent under power of attorney. What are some grounds for removal? Well, if the agent breached the fiduciary duty to the principal, that's the duty to act in the principal's best interest. If the agent violated or attempted to violate the terms of the power of attorney, 
agent is supposed to follow the instructions written into the document. If the agent becomes incapacitated, then that's a ground for removal. So it may not even be the agent's fault. Maybe the agent got sick or got into an accident. Then a court can order their removal and appointment of somebody else. Or if the agent fails or refuses to make an accounting. A guardianship does supersede a power of attorney. But now, after the 2017 changes, it's not automatically revoked. The law just says it's suspended for the duration of the guardianship unless the court enters an order affirming the effectiveness of the power of attorney and confirms the validity of the appointment of the agent. I mentioned before that the principal can always revoke this, and there are have been some circumstances when power of attorney was granted and and then refused and has been abused. Then there's guardianship. So we want to avoid guardianship. That's why I always go back to naming somebody you trust, somebody who's going to do the right thing, and they're going to do a good job. Okay, let's talk about one court case. This is uh, a state of... Vacker. This is a published court case, so I'm not throwing shade on anybody. It's a published opinion. There was a guy named Dennis. He had a sister named Maggie, and his wife was named Betty. Well, Dennis suffered a severe spinal injury when he fell um, out of the bucket of a front-end loader while trimming trees. So if you're a tree trimmer, be careful. Get your affairs in order. Uh, Dennis would back me up on this. At the time of the accident, Dennis was estranged from his wife, was estranged from his son, but he had a terrific relationship with his sister Maggie. And so he named Maggie to be his power of attorney. And the reason that there's a court case is because she put her name as beneficiary on a life insurance policy and the court said that that was improper because Dennis was still married and whether they're living together or not the law says that the the married couple presumptively owns everything 50-50 as community property so every premium that he paid made that life insurance policy uh, community property. And so when when he named somebody other than his spouse as the beneficiary, uh, some courts say that's a fraud on the spouse. So in this case, it was all about uh, sister acting as power of attorney. So now that you know all this stuff about power of attorney, get your affairs in order or let your family and friends know to get their affairs in order. Thanks for listening.
longer able to care for yourself or your home. Without powers of attorney, your loved ones will be forced to the world of court battles and guardianship lawsuits to declare you to be incapacitated. Better yet, ask about a living trust containing your instructions about where you want to live, how you want to be taken care of if you have a heart attack, stroke, or develop Alzheimer's or dementia. Call Marquardt Law Firm and find out how a living trust can help your loved ones settle your affairs without a judge in court. Call 210-530-4278. That's 210-530-4278. 